Right then, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. When he sent them away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Evening came and he was alone. Meanwhile, the boat, fighting a strong headwind, was being battered by the waves and was already far away from the land. Very early in the morning, he came to his disciples, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. They were so frightened, they screamed. Just then, Jesus spoke to them, Be encouraged. It is me. Don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it is you, order me to come out on the water. And Jesus said, Come. Then Peter got out of the boat and was walking on the water toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the strong wind, he became frightened. As he began to sink, he shouted, Lord, rescue me. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him, saying, You man of weak faith, why did you begin to doubt? When they got into the boat, when they got into the boat, the wind settled down. Then those in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, you must be God's son. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, we are in our third week now of a topic that challenges us on many levels. Being brave is something we would all like to say we demonstrate. We'd all love to say, I'm a brave person. But yet, we know that living a brave faith is very difficult. On the first week, we talked about being brave enough to ask for help, that being brave is actually being vulnerable for someone, to someone else and asking for help. And on that second week, Pastor Tim gave an excellent sermon on brave obedience. And we have all of our sermons on our website, on our app. I encourage you, if you did not hear Pastor Tim's sermon last week on brave obedience, pull that up and listen to it. It was wonderful. And today, we're going to turn toward brave faith. And once again, we're turning to the disciple Peter as we look at living out this brave faith and what that means. So will you join me in prayer? Holy and loving God, be with us this morning. Help us to hear your word in a new way. Encourage us. Oh God, I pray that you will touch my mind my mouth, my lips, my tongue, my voice, but especially my heart. May the words of my heart, mouth and, and meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, and I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, how many of you have ever said to yourself at one time or another, today is the day I'm going to make this change? Anybody? Today's the day I'm going to make this difference. I'm going to turn my life around in this way. I'm going to make this change in my life. I'm going to start reading my Bible every morning. We have good intentions, right? That I'm going to change my life. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to start attending church every week. I'm going to sit and pray in a quiet place in my house if I can find one. And, and listen for God's voice. I'm going to start eating healthy food and take care of this temple of mine that God has given me. I'm going to get my finances in order. Now, if you haven't said one of those, maybe you should, right? 
Now, if you notice, probably one of the things that happens when you say, I'm going to make a change in my life is, is that you start to doubt yourself. A voice starts going off in your mind that says, this isn't going to work. What are you talking about? When I started seminary, uh, it was a huge change in our lives and in our family lives. And I had prayed long and hard about going to seminary. And I'd heard that call upon my life. I gave my commitment to God. I finally said yes and signed up for classes. And then that voice started in. That voice in the back of my mind, in my gut that says, how is this going to work? Have you looked at SMU? Do you see how much it costs? How are you going to afford this with your family? How will you be able to keep up with the workload, with your church work and with the girls and, and your schoolwork all at the same time? This isn't going to work. That voice kept going on and on until I finally continued to just sit in the sanctuary in McKinney, Texas, and I meditated on these words over and over again in my journey. This is found in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I'm sure about this, Paul says. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. I'm sure of this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete that work until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, did I always succeed in those areas of my life? Mother, wife, daughter, student, pastor? No, I did not. In fact, I failed many, many times. Missed appointments, late on assignments, missed opportunities with my daughters numerous times. When I could have been something that they were doing and I was having to study for a test instead. Didn't make an A in every class, let me assure you. I failed many, many times. In fact, every success, would you agree with me, has failures, right? Every success has failures. Or as what I like to call them, learnings. I like to call those failures learnings. Did you know that in 1919, Disney was fired when, from his first animation job in Kansas City um, on, at a newspaper because his editor felt that he lacked imagination <laughs> and that he had no good ideas? And that wasn't his only, that wasn't his, he continued to fail. In fact, Disney then acquired Laughagram, an animation studio he later drove into bankruptcy. And we all know how that turned out, right? Julia Child was fired from her first advertising job for gross insubordination. And if you remember the movie Julia Julia in her life, her cookbook was turned down numerous times by publishers before it became the well-known cookbook of our time. A Baltimore TV producer told Oprah Winfrey she was unfit for television news. And our very own David Stewart, owner of Worldwide Technology, once had his car repossessed because he focused in on paying his employees instead of trying to make sure his bills were up to date. And that Thelma loves to tell the story of how that night when he came home, 
I think she had to go get him. Um, that night when he came home, she had all of his favorite comfort foods ready for him to encourage him to keep going. Now I ask you, if all of these successful people failed at one point or another, how much more can we be assured that those who followed Jesus Christ could change the world like never before, even when we fail? Even when we fail, because we do. If you live in brave faith, you will fail. Because that, but that's not the end. Because if you live in brave faith, you will put yourself in situations that might seem impossible. That might seem even crazy. Like taking a week off of work, no pay, packing up everything and going to the Bahamas, not on a vacation. But the Bahamas to help rebuild after a hurricane. Or to Honduras, or to Puerto Rico, or or Costa Rica, wherever, to be able to help someone else that you don't even know. Now, people who do not follow Christ would go, that's crazy. That's risky. You don't even know these people. You're going to walk away from your job for a whole week, a week that could have been your vacation, and you're going to go help rebuild something? Let's go back to that guy called Simon that Pastor Tim talked about this last week. And, we, and believe me, once you hear about some of his failures, you might even feel better about your own journey. Pastor Tim talked about how he called to P, uh, Simon in the boat and said, come follow me. Now, Simon knew nothing else in life but fishing. That was it. He'd been in a boat on the water all of his adult life, maybe even his childhood. And he had learned, earned his living from fishing. That's all he knew. And so he walked away immediately, it says, and followed Jesus. Now, Peter must have said some, that there was something in his life that needed to change. I want something to change in my life. That must have been going through his heart and mind. Now, I can tell you with all certainty... Peter didn't feel ready to follow. But he did not wait till he thought he was ready. If you wait till you think you're ready to do something, you probably never will, right? For those of us in this room who have children, if you'd waited till you could afford children or you'd waited until you were ready emotionally to have or maturity to have children, you, you probably still won't have any. <laughs> right? We have to have brave faith that God will provide and that God will show us the way we walk by faith and not by sight. Right? Which is why in the world's eyes, many times it will look like to those out there that we're failing as Christians. We're failing. Or even that we're crazy. Now I want you to hear this if you hear nothing else. Bravery is not a feeling. It's a choice. 
Bravery is not a feeling. Bravery is a choice. Once we say, I'm going to make this change in my life, I'm going to change something, it's a choice. We choose that. It's a brave choice, in fact, staying in a marriage and getting counseling. To sit with a financial advisor and pay down debt. Or to make a decision to go back to school, something that you'd always wanted to do. Or, or to take on that leadership role at work or church. To start a small group and open the Bible and study with others. To start tithing. All of these are a choice that you're making there. To step out in brave faith. And I would guess that you probably won't feel ready. Will there be times when you fail in that choice? Absolutely. Will there be self-doubt and the, the voice going off in your head? Sure. But you are not in this alone. God walks with you in that choice. Simon makes a choice to follow Jesus and his life is transformed so much that the scriptures say that his name is changed from Simon to Peter. Now Tim talked about that last week and he said these wonderful words. He said, wouldn't it be wonderful if our life is so transformed that we no longer can be called Terry or Joe or Betty or Shirley or Tim, that we are called some other name because our life has been transformed so much. You know, in the scripture, when this happens, Jesus is asking the disciples, who are people saying that I am? They're talking about me, so who, who are they saying that I am? And the disciples respond, Moses, Elijah, Jeremiah. In other words, they're saying he's a prophet. They tell Jesus, they're saying you're a prophet. And then he turns to Simon and asks, who do you say that I am? Church, that's a question for each and every one of us. Who do you say I am, Jesus says. He says, what about you? And Simon said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus replied, happy are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because no human has shown this to you. Rather, my father who is in heaven has shown you. I tell you that you are Peter. And I'll build my church on this rock. I'll build my church on this rock. He's talking about Peter, that Peter's going to be the one that is going to begin the church and, and the church will continue on the great mission. And Peter, you know, I love Peter. His life is so transformed and so changed. And even though his life is changed in Christ, we know from his story that it's not going to be easy. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there really was an easy button like Staples talks about? 
wouldn't that be great if there really was an easy button that we could just press and things would be easy? But we know that's not so. If you think about the situations in life, we have lots of buttons, well, a few, I could say. We have a yes button, a no button, a maybe button, right? Everything that we're faced with in this life requires a decision from us. And we can either hit the yes button or the no button. It depends on what's driving. Who's driving our bus, you could say, right? If we let fear drive the answer, many times we'll hit that no button. No, 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 that seems too risky. That seems a little out there. No. Now, I've said before, fear is in us for a reason. We, we have fear for a reason. Fear is what keeps us from jumping off some cliff, you know, and hurting ourselves. Fear is what keeps us away from wild animals or things like that. It's, it's to keep us from physical harm. But we can let fear take over in other situations that are unhealthy. I've known people who have stayed in abusive marriages because they were more afraid of the unknown than they were the abuser. And that's the unhealthy part of how fear can take over. Fear can be a powerful driving force. And when we let it take over, we can hit that no button to new possibilities and new opportunities and new blessings that God has right in store for us. When we make the choice to be brave in our faith, that choice to say, I'm going to say yes, I'm going to hit that yes button. We recognize, just as Peter did on that stormy night, that God is calling us to step outside of the boat. Step outside of the boat, and sometimes it's even into stormy waters. Peter had come to trust Jesus. He trusted him enough to take that first step, well, actually to call out to him. God, Jesus, if that's you, command me to come to you. And Jesus says what? He says, come. Notice that Peter did not just jump, step right off into the water. He asked Christ to call him. And when he takes that first step, I'm sure that's where he would have loved to have had an easy button. Because he is walking on water for just a little while and then he takes his eyes off of Jesus Christ and he looks down at the situation and that's when he begins to sink. So many times we see this in Peter's journey, don't we? He takes two steps forward and one step back. He responds in great faith so many times, and he's bold, and he's faithful, yet he's easily confused, he's deterred, and oh, so flawed. Maybe that's why I like Peter so much. If you remember at the time of Jesus being arrested, Peter says, I'll never deny you, Jesus. I'll never deny you, only to turn around and deny him three times one right after another. Being brave is not a feeling. 
It's a choice. Brave faith helps us to get out of our boat, out of our comfort zone. Brave faith makes us willing to say, call me Jesus. Is that you? Are you asking me to do this? And if you are, say it and I will do it. We need not fear the failure because they're going to have failures are going to happen along the way. But Jesus is right there just like in that story to reach out that hand so that we can grab it. You know, pull us right back up. On this rock I will build the church. So many times I hear in this faith community and in the community around us, man, the world needs a change. This world right now, this world needs to make a change. Yeah, we do. We do. And the change begins with us. With us. Jesus entrusted the church, the church, to carry out the mission. Jesus called the church to reach out to people and bring good news. And the church is not a building, is it, church? Who's the church? People. The people of God. And will the church fail? Absolutely. Has the church failed? Yes. Many, many, many times in our history. And will the church fail again? Yes. But Christ keeps calling. And our response is not to hit an easy button. Our response is to hit that yes button and be willing to be willing to take a risk for Jesus Christ. Amen? That's our call as a church. You know, some other churches might say, that's crazy, go out to Forest Park and worship? That's crazy. That's crazy talk. You know? Go outside the, the worship place, a beautiful place of worship, and not even have worship here that day and just go on out to the park? Last year, we took that risk. And last year, more than 75 people walked in from the park to be a part of worship. Who knows? Maybe from that one experience, somebody decided to change their way, to change their life. All we can do is say yes and let God do the work. Amen? That's our job as a church. Jesus, are you the one that's out there calling us? And Jesus says, come on. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.